Oh, you guys are awesome. For real. Dang. <laughs> I love you guys for real. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Squad! <laughs> I told you. I told you. What's up, Fusion? Oh, it is such an honor. What? What'd you say? Oh, hey, that's my roommates are back there and Lacey, and I love you guys. Um, what's up? I'm excited to be here. If you don't know, I am the Women's Discipleship Director here at Fusion. Where my ladies at in the house? That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, and it is my honor, my absolute honor to be able to be here, um, serve you guys, work with you guys, and, and to just have fun. So, so yeah. Um, real quick, where's Lyndon at? Is Lyndon here? Oh, come on, Lyndon. Y'all give it up for Lyndon real quick. That was his first time ever doing a spoken word. And, man, I am honored by you. Thank you so much for taking out the time to do that. I know it was a lot of work. Even on his break, he, he was working on that. So, Lyndon, thank you. I am very honored by you. Give it up for him one more time. Stand. <laughs> All right. So, tonight, tonight is going to be a good night. Um, I want to be completely honest with you guys tonight. Tell a little bit of my story throughout this message. I want, um, man, you guys to get to know me a little bit more than you do right now. So, honestly, one thing that I am really good at that I'm not necessarily proud of is that I am good at a, yes, bless up, bless you, man of God. <laughs> one thing that I'm good at is I'm very good at making you feel like you know me without you not knowing anything at all. You see, I have all the answers for all the questions you're going to ask me. You know, how you doing, Tay? Oh, I'm good. What's up, Tay? Hey, what's up? You know, like, and normally people don't ask, you know, how are you really doing? And so I don't say anything. I'm just like, hey, what's up? How you doing? All the menial things to say to Christians nowadays. But we're going to get past that. Um, so, yeah, so that's what I'm good at. I come from a family that... Basically, when things happen, we shove things under the rug. We don't really tell anybody. We, we keep it to ourselves because we don't want our family to be looked at as a family that is going through this or that. And so I grew up keeping things to myself. You know, the enemy would always uh, speak negative lies to me all the time and tell me that what I have to say or, or anything, it's not worth it. He would always tell me that, you know, if, if you're going through something, it's just for you. You're not supposed to tell anybody. You know, maybe it's too embarrassing. Maybe people will laugh. Maybe, you know, the biggest thing that he would always say is nobody, nobody cares. Nobody cares enough to listen. And so I stayed quiet. I stayed quiet, just how you guys are tonight. <laughs> Van, you know, side note, Vance told me, he was like, I just want you to know it's going to be real quiet in there. I was like, all right, Vance, here we go. Here we go. Okay. So, so, yeah, I kept quiet. My biggest motto in life was, as long as you smile, nobody will ask questions. As long as you smile, nobody will know. And so that's what I did. I smiled. 
I didn't tell anybody what I was going through. I didn't think anybody really cared anyway. And so I smiled. I smiled my way through middle school, high school, even my, my first years in college. It worked. Nobody was hurt. You know, everybody was, was good. At least it seemed. But I come tonight to let you guys know that the things that the enemy was saying in my mind when I, when I was a kid, and even sometimes, sometimes still now, is a lie. You know, sometimes you guys might be even going through some things where the enemy is telling you that you're not good enough. What you have to say isn't good enough. Nobody wants to listen to you. Nobody cares. I come to tell you tonight that it's a lie. You don't have to be afraid. You know, Lyndon was talking so well or speaking so well about community. But when things happen, especially if they might be a little bit embarrassing, we tend to retreat back. Because we don't want to know. We don't want to get down into the, the, where it might hurt. And so we do life alone. Man, we do life alone. That's one of the hardest things that we can do. Yes, we go through struggles and we go through different things, but doing it alone? Ugh. And so, with that being said, the title of this sermon tonight, like Lyndon said it best, you are not alone. I am here with you, though you're far away. Come on, sing it. Good job, good job, good job. <laughs> I had to get that out because I knew some of you guys were thinking that, so I'm just helping y'all out right there. <laughs> so, yeah, the title of my sermon is You Are Not Alone. <laughs> you're not alone in your thoughts, you're not alone in your pain, you're not alone in your situation, you're not alone in your sin. I guarantee you that there's somebody around you, maybe even next to you, that are going through the same thing that you are, or they've already been through it. I guarantee it. But sometimes we'll never know because we hide, we hide. And I get it, it's hard. I get it because I've been there. Sometimes if I'm not careful, I can still be there. I can go back. The enemy wants nothing more than to isolate you guys. To make you feel like you're worthless, like you're not good enough. His goal is to steal, kill, and destroy you. He's not after who you are right now. He's after who you will become. And so if he can get in your mind that you're not good enough or you're not worth it, then he already knows that you're vulnerable. If he can get, you, get it in your mind that, you know, to be isolated or to not tell anybody, he knows that you're going to stay there, stuck, in the same place that you were last year. And I know this is a little bit heavier than normal, and I'm coming off real sharp. <laughs> but this is something that God put on my heart so heavy in the past three weeks, it took me three weeks to write this sermon because I know that I'm coming from a place of vulnerability. It's not just you guys, it's me too. I'm still working through it. I'm still working through it. You know, there are things in your life that you might even be keeping quiet that ultimately can help the person next to you. 
Ultimately, the things that you are keeping quiet can help someone next to you. But it starts with you opening up your mouth, getting the right community around you, and taking one foot in front of the other straight ahead focused on God. Come on, look at the people around you. We all have issues. We all have struggles. It's not anything to hide. It's not anything to be ashamed of. And so <clears throat> tonight, you may be thinking, Tay, okay, we get it. Community, la. Uh, it's great. It's awesome. But what's the purpose? What's the purpose of telling people what I'm going through? What's the purpose of sharing all my business? Nobody's hurt right now. I'm fine. I mean, I pretend to be at least. What's the point? Thank you. Thank you for asking, by the way. Point number one. Allowing the right people in starts the healing process. Allowing the right people in starts the healing process. You see, I say allowing the right people in because when I think of community, I think of people. You know, we have community everywhere, at our work, um, you know, if we're on a sports team, at our sports team, home, wherever. Whatever that looks like, there's community all around you. But when I say the right community, I'm talking about people that will lift you up. People that will make you better. People that want to see you succeed. You know, people that are here for you that will challenge you, will tell you the things that you don't want to hear even when you need to hear it. You know, Scott, I hear you. <laughs> That's the community I'm talking about. I'm not saying that they're perfect. You know, I'm not saying that they have all their ducks in a row, but they are going towards the same goal. And then I said, starts the healing process because, oh, we live in a culture, a generation that we want things now. Now, now, now. Microwave it, please. Two minutes, hot pocket, done. <laughs> I hate cooking, so microwave is my best friend. Anyway, so... We want things now. You know, some of you guys are going to come up for prayer, and you're going to pray. You're going to go back to your seat, and you're probably not going to feel all mushy inside. But I want to tell you, just because you don't feel it doesn't mean that God's not working. That's why I said start the healing process, because this is something that you may have to walk out. When you think about a process, anything that you have to do that takes time, you remember it becomes part of your testimony. You appreciate it more. Not saying that you wouldn't if it was an instantaneous healing. And I'm talking about healing beyond, like, sickness or disease. But more so rejection or depression, hurt, anxiety. Anything of that nature. I believe God's going to do that tonight. Amen. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says, Two are better than one because they have good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might pre prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. 
A three-fold cord is not easily broken. We look at that scripture and we automatically think marriage. You know, like, I get it. It's, it's used in a lot of marriages and that's great. But another way that it is used is for individuals that want to have relationship, that want to grow in their relationship. Two are better than one. Really, to start, all you need is two to be a powerhouse. It's crazy because there's more than two of us in this place tonight. And I'm so excited to see what God is going to do because I know that his presence is here. Because it says it in his word. For where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am among them. And so he's here, which means his healing is here. Which means some of y'all are about to get saved tonight. <laughs> and I'm, oh, oh man. And so, I want, I want to share a story with you guys. Because I'm talking about being in a healing process and I'm still in mine. I'm still in mine. You see, when, when I was five years old, I was molested. I was molested, and, and so, and I never told anybody. Remember, I told you I came from a family that, that shoved things under the rug, that didn't say anything to anybody because we didn't want to put any hurt on my family. Again, nobody knew. My, it's not like my parents were saying, don't tell anybody. No. I kept it to myself because all I knew was that I can't say anything or it will be bad. And ever since I was five years old, the enemy has always fought me on the fact that nobody cares enough to listen. People would always tell me, Tay, you're a good listener. And that's because nobody cared to listen to me. So I was like, why not? Somebody got to talk in this conversation. You know, like. And so that's what I did. I didn't, I didn't say anything. Until the enemy fought me day in and day out. Like I told you before, high school, middle school, college, I kept it in. Fast forward 15 or 16 years, I'm, I'm in Atlanta Leadership College, and I'm sitting right in that area. And I'm sitting in a forward class, and someone is up here speaking. I don't know who it is, but they, they tell us, they say, bow your head and ask the Lord something that he wants to heal in your life? What's one thing that he wants to heal? So I'm like, okay, great. Mind you, I'm not thinking of anything. By this point, I've forgotten about it, you know, like because I've shoved it down for so long. All my emotions shoved down. I don't even know how to show emotion at this point. So, I, uh, you know, he, he's talking and I, I bow my head and I pray, Lord, show me what you want to heal. And an image pops up in my head of when I was a five-year-old little girl, and I picked my head up, and all I know is that I want to get out of those doors because I'm feeling stuff that I, I'm not used to. I'm not used to digging that deep. Remember, I, I walk and I smile, and that's it. Nobody asks. And so I, I leave it alone for a year, another year. And I finally tell somebody um, that next year, I think it was maybe last year, honestly. I finally tell somebody, and I go through these classes, ancient paths, and it's good. I'm like, okay, 
yeah, you know, God, all right, I told some people, I told these people in my group, none of them are connected to my family, so it's good. And, but I knew deep down that God was wanting me to do more, but I fought it, and I was like, I can't tell anybody, especially not anybody connected to my family, because it'll break my family apart. I can't tell anybody that I'm close to, because maybe they'll look at me like I'm crazy. Maybe they won't believe me. In my mind, because it was so long ago, I, I felt like I was making it up. And so this past May, two weeks before I graduated from Atlanta Leadership College, I was on the phone with my mom, and we were talking about our stories. Something came up, and I was like, Mom, tell me your story, because I didn't really know anything about her childhood. And so she was telling me, talking to me, and she asked me the same thing. She said, Tay, tell me yours. So I was telling her, talking to her, and I got up to that point where that had happened to me. And I began to stutter. And she was like, please don't tell me. Don't tell me that this happened to you. And so I told her, and it was ugly. It was bad. She was screaming. She was, it was bad. It wasn't my intention to tell her over the phone. It, it just happened. And so my dad got on the phone, and he said to me, baby, it will be okay. We're going to get through this, and I love you. And I told him, I said, Dad, I don't need you to be upset right, right now. I don't need you to yell right now. All I need is a father. And so in that moment, he said, we'll get through this. I'm sorry that happened to you. But we'll get through it. And so now it's out, obviously, to you guys. Um, I have some close friends that know as well, but it just baffles my mind that I went 15, 16, 17 years with nobody knowing, me by myself, head down, not telling anybody, until now, where, yeah, I can say this is, a, this is part of my testimony, and if I'm saying this to free somebody up, then it's worth it. And so, oh, and so, um, and so that was that. My parents knew I have some people in my corner to help me. But I'm telling you, I'm still in my healing process because when, back when that was going on, I, I had really bad anxiety. Really bad. I would bite my nails to the core. I would peel my fingers till they were raw. I would peel the paint off the walls. I, I don't know, maybe peeling was just a way to cope. I really, I really have no idea. And even now, I still have pop-ups. I still have moments where I have to call people and say, hey, can I stay at your place tonight because I can't stay by myself. I still have moments where I'm like, I need you to pray because I can't breathe. Because I go from being Tay, a 24-year-old adult, to Tay, a 5-year-old little girl who doesn't know what to do. But I'm telling you, I'm in my healing process because I'm taking steps forward. I have people in my corner. Some of you guys tonight has, have been holding on to things for a long time. 
You're going through things right now and nobody knows about it and you're taking steps all by yourself. I don't even know if you're taking steps. You're pro you might even be lying down or whatever. It's so much harder to do life by yourself. You weren't created to do life by yourself. God did not create billions and billions of people on the earth for you to walk around like this. Because I've done it for so long. And it got me nowhere. But feeling bitter. Hatred. Low self-worth. All because I decided to bottle it up inside. <clears throat> so think of the last time where you try to do something. Where you try to change. By yourself. Nine times out of ten, I, I bet you, you failed and you stayed there. That's the thing about community is that, yes, you will fail. But like that scripture says, there are people to lift you back up. You don't have to stay in this, in this place of just death, ultimately. We walk around with smiles on our face, cookie cutter, like, like we're doing all good. And we want people to come to us. How? They, nobody would have known. You guys would not have known that I am still going through a healing process if I wouldn't have told you. The crazy thing is, is that if I do know that you can read me, I normally just stay away from people like you because I'm like, listen, I'm not ready for you to read my mail right now. So, you know, so I don't know if Marissa's in here, but she, yes, right there. She'll tell you that, uh, she probably chased me for like a whole year because I was like, eh, you know my mail and I don't want to, you know, tell you. But I love her and thank you for chasing me. All right. So, um, so yeah. One thing that Lyndon said that I loved is he said community is having communal unity to show all of yourself good, bad, ugly and still be granted judgment-free immunity. The fact that you can come in here tonight with all your mess-ups, I don't care how big it is. Nobody's judging you in here because sin is sin, let's be honest. Nobody's judging you in here. God already knows what you're going through. He, he created you. So why hide? Why hide? Sometimes you just need people around you to help you get through what you're going through. Sometimes you do. It doesn't matter if it's good, bad, or ugly. Community is about unity through everything. Point number two. Allowing the right people in your life helps you to connect Allowing the right people in your life helps you to connect. One thing that Jeannie says that I love is that we lead through our strengths, but we connect through our weakness. 
We lead through our strengths, but we connect through our weakness. I guarantee you, some of your closest friends in, not in this room, but some of your closest friends are the ones that have been through the trenches with you, that knows your weak spots. Is, is there anybody in here? Closest friends, they know you? Okay, some of you. The rest of you guys are really holy, but that's great. <laughs> they know you. You know, you don't have to be okay all the time. You don't have to be okay all the time. I don't care if you're a pastor, if you work here, you know, CEO of some company, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's okay for you not to be okay sometimes. It's just not okay for you to stay there. It's not okay for you to stay there. And that's what I'm saying. It's so much easier to stay there when we're by ourselves. It's so much easier to stay there when nobody knows. Again, I'm not hurting anybody except yourself. And ultimately, God, who's like, my daughter, I, I, didn't, I don't want you to be that way. Jesus didn't die for us to sit and throw pity parties for ourselves, but to walk together hand in hand with each other through the good, the bad, and the ugly, through it all. Your relationships are so much deeper when you connect through your weakness. Why? Because it builds a sense of trust. It builds a sense of pro protection and ultimately love. 1 Corinthians 12, 25 through 27. That there may be no division in the body, but that members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. We're in this together. We're in this together whether you like it or not. <laughs> That's how God designed for it to be. If one falls, we fall. We're a family. Maybe some people in here that's like, whoa, it's my first time, relax. I'm sorry, but we're a family. You're here. Welcome to Fusion. <laughs> and that's the beauty of it, that we get to lift each other up. We get to be better together. We get to walk hand in hand with each other. We get to love each other, again, through the good, the bad, and the ugly. I know people are, you know, they have their ways. Sometimes they get on your nerves. Sometimes they do something that hurt you. I get it. But we all do. We all do. None of us deserves what we get. But God loves us so much that he sent his son down to die for us so that we can be in the room full of multicultural people, loving one another, and being together. 
And my last point, allowing the right people in helps you to move forward. Allowing the right people in helps you to move forward. You see, the situation that you are in will not last forever. It won't last forever. There are seasons. Some are good, some are bad, some are okay. There's a bigger picture that you don't see. Right now, all you see is right in front of you. All you see is the mess, the nastiness, whatever. That's all you see. But there's a bigger picture. God knows where you're going. He knows where he wants to take you. In Psalms 46.10, it says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that he will take care of you. Be still and know that he won't leave you where you are. Be still and know that he cares even when it seems like nobody else does. Be still and know that he loves you unconditionally. Don't let that phrase or that statement become cliche. God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, they love you. They love you. No matter what you've done, what you've been through, where you are, even if you may be sitting in this room and, and you're thinking, how does God love me if I'm going through all of this? He loves you. I wish I had the answer for you. I don't. All I can tell you is he loves you and he died for you. You know, it's, it's funny because my brother was telling us uh, his devotional to his first year class in Atlanta Leadership College. And he was saying how this is all that he has. This all he, this all he feels that he has left. Because, you know, he's been in college, uh, traditional college, and he's done worldly things. Let's just leave it there. And this, he said, this is all I have. You know, I don't have any money. I don't have, you know, things to give you. It's just me. He says, I'm at Atlanta Leadership College. It's, a hard, it's hard for me to be a good ALC student. He said, because I see all these people doing leaps and skips and jumps to Jesus. And here I am, taking one step at a time. Here I am feeling like I'm, I'm not good enough because I can't read my Bible for hours. He said that to me, and he, or not to me, but to his peers, and he said, but I know one thing, is that as long as I'm progressing day in and day out, then God is pleased with me. I don't have to focus on what you're doing, you're doing, but as long as I'm taking one foot in front of the other, one day at a time, the best that I can do right now, then that's all that matters. And so that's what I'm telling you guys tonight is that, yes, you're going through issues or you're going through whatever you're going through. And you may, be, you may see people running towards the finish line, running towards their goals. And you're just taking one step at a time. Can I tell you tonight, that's okay. That's okay. My biggest thing is that I don't want you guys to do it alone. And I'm telling you that because of 
all the pain and the hurt that I felt because I thought, I thought, I wish someone would have told me this when I was 12, 13. I mean, if they did, that means I wasn't listening because I was pretty much of a rebel kid. But I wish somebody would have told me. He knows what you're going through. He knows. And he cares. He knows and he cares. Again, he's not after who you are right now. He's not after who you are right now. You're already here. He's after who you have the potential to become. Don't let him win. He's already lost anyway. Amen. But we, we can't do this thing without one another, our family, one body. We can't because we weren't designed to. That's when the enemy hits us is when we're most vulnerable by ourselves. We're most vulnerable when nobody else knows. That's when he knows that he can attack. The right community pushes you in the right direction. The right community challenges you to be the best that you can be. And you may even be sitting here today and you're like, Tay, I don't have that. Find it. There are small groups here. Hey. There are small groups here. There are people. Find it. You got you want people to come to you. I'm guarantee. I shouldn't say guarantee. 80% of the time, people won't come to you. You have to go and get it. You have to go and claim what's yours. If you want to win, you need to start taking some steps ahead. Together, we do. Together. I tell you tonight, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy having to stand up here and tell you that when I was five years old, I was molested. It wasn't easy when I had to tell my mom. It wasn't easy when I had to tell all my friends, hey, I need help. Because me, my natural self, I'm like, I can do bad all by myself. That's me naturally. I don't want your help. I don't want you to speak life into me. Because in the same time, I'm like, who am I? It's not easy, but I tell you it's worth it. It's worth it. Like I said tonight, if I said that story to free up somebody, then it's worth it. If this message itself is just for one person, then it's worth it. One person. You don't want 
all that bitterness and stuff to grow inside of you if it hasn't already. It's a choice. It's your choice. I'm not making you say anything that you don't want to say. I'm not making you do anything that you don't want to do. But ultimately, it's your choice. But it's worth it. I know when I told my mom, when I told my friends, there was a weight that was lifted off my shoulders because I've been carrying baggage for so long. So long. When God never intended for me to, to carry it. Ever. I know his word. I know he tells me to cast all my cares on him. I know. But I felt like, God, if nobody else understands, how in the world am I going to tell you? It's worth it. It takes work. It takes vulnerability. It takes a different level of trust. But I'm telling you guys tonight, don't leave out of this place the same way that you came, carrying the same baggage. It's not worth it. There are so many people in this room tonight that care about you. You're going to see them lined up at the front tonight. They care. I care. I care enough to expose myself. You want me to be honest with you? Not everybody in my family knows what happened to me. And I know that this podcast is going to end up on Facebook. But I'm not letting that stop me. As I unpacked my family line, I realized that the same exact thing has been happening for generations and generations and generations. To the point, I was talking to my grandmother the other day, and she was like, Tay, I, I know for a fact that the same thing has happened to other people in our family, and no more. No more. No more for you. The enemy has attacked you guys way too long, and you have let him way too long. And so tonight we rise, and tonight we say no more. Because you were made conquerors of Jesus Christ. And you're not in this situation alone. And so tonight, I want to do an exercise with you guys. And I want you to be real with yourself. I want you to be real with yourself. I don't care if, again, you're a pastor, a candlestick maker, whatever. I don't know why I just said that. <laughs> All right, let's 
crack my own self up. Okay. I want you to be real with yourself. This specific exercise is going to give you a visual that you are not by yourself. You're not by yourself. Like I said before, there are other people that are around you that are going through the same things, if not similar to what you're going through. And so everyone stand to your feet and turn on, get your phones out and turn on the light on your phone. Put it up when you have it. Great, that's beautiful. All right, again, this is not to embarrass you. You can put them down. <laughs> this is not to embarrass you. This is not to get all your business out there. This is to remind you, you don't have to walk through this thing by yourself. Leaders, coaches, you too. And so I'm gonna ask you a question and I'm gonna give you an answer. And if that answer pertains to you, then I want you to put your light up and put it back down. If the answer pertains to you, I want you to put your light up and then put it back down. All right, here we go. Who are you? I'm lost, but I'm up. Who are you? I'm hurt. Who are you? I'm lonely. Who are you? I'm ashamed. Who are you? I'm disappointed. Next question, what are you going to do about it? I'm sorry, what are you doing about it? Answer, hiding. What are you doing about it? I'm giving up. What are you doing about it? Nothing. What are you doing about it? I'm dying on the inside. What are you doing about it? I don't know. See, it's, it's crazy to me because of the biggest times where Jesus felt isolated and alone was when he was hanging on the cross, nail in hands, nails in feet, and he looked up to God and he said, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
alone. This man is hanging. Cuts and everything. You can't even recognize him. But he felt alone by his own father. benefit of that is is that he died feeling that way he died feeling isolated he died feeling alone and hurt so that you don't have to so that you don't have to and so tonight some of you guys came in with some real hurt some real pain let me tell you, Jesus felt it first. He felt it first and he died with it. So all the lies of the enemy can go back to the pit of hell where they came from. Again, don't leave here tonight the same way that you came in. God wants to do some great things tonight. He wants to start that healing process, so let him. Let him. Leaders, if you can come to the front. So I'm going to give you guys the opportunity. I'm going to give you guys the opportunity to come up for prayer for anything that you may be going through. I don't care if it's little. I don't care if it's big. I don't care if it's embarrassing. I don't care if you have never told anybody. Come up and start. All it takes is one step. If you need somebody to come up with you, bring them. One step. We want to do this together. Tonight we're going to end this series together. together and so I'm going to pray and, and the band is going to sing and when I'm done praying come on come on one step don't leave the same way you came please I wish I would have done this a long time ago Jesus, we love you. Thank you so much for who you are and all that you've done and all that you're going to do in the hearts of your people tonight. I pray that even now you would begin to stir up the hearts of your people, mend the broken hearts, God, that people won't be afraid to come down, but that they will be bold and say that I need help. I need you, Jesus. This is all centered around you. And so I pray, Father, that you would do what only you can do, God. Have this time and have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you come.